0: tried music to code by yet? Well, why not? Here's a comment Joe left on the website. This is also great music to mow by. I like listening to music while doing yard work to help the monotony of it seem less tedious. This past summer, I started listening to these tracks while doing yard work, and they worked great! I could let the music play in the background without focusing on it, and it seemed to help me concentrate on getting through my tasks. Thanks, Joe. And, you know, now you can download the entire 13-track collection. That's over five and a half hours of Music to Code By for only 39 bucks. Check it out at musictocodeby.net. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin.
1: And this is Richard Campbell.
0: And we're here again. We haven't recorded in a while, so we've got a lot of stuff to share. But um, I don't know. Can we do it quickly? I know. No. I'm pretty
1: sure we won't.
0: (laughs) No. We're going to be in uh, London at Prognet. We're going to be
1: at Dev Intersection in In uh, Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. Around the time that this show is coming out. That's just the beginning. Oh, yeah. The fall season is pretty frantic. We're going to be here, there, and everywhere.
0: Hopefully, we'll be able to squeeze in our shows and you'll be able to come along for the ride. It'll
1: be good. We'll That's have a good idea. time.
0: Well, I have uh, something uh, historical for Better Know Framework today.
1: Funny you mentioned that because uh, that uh, video of my history of .NET talk came out today. Awesome. I want to hear about that. And there, there is some Twitters about it. We should have two Better Know
0: Frameworks. You give the URL for your talk, and I'll talk about what I'm going to talk
1: about. Oh, I'm sure everybody will find it. But hey, play the funky music. I I, I want to hear your story. All right. Here we go. All right, buddy. What
0: do you got? Richard, do you know where the name Bluetooth came from? Mm, No. Isn't it funny that we just have these weird names in technology and everybody assumes they're either made up or just, you know, some marketing term or something? Well, generally they are, right? Generally they are. This one actually comes from a historical figure, Harold Bluetooth Gormson. And uh, I have a link to it at uh, me, and he was Danish, uh f- existed between 935 and 9 9- uh, 85, and uh, was a king of Denmark and Norway, son of King Gorm the Old and Thyra Danebod And his father had been the first ruler of the Danish kingdom and founder of the Gelling dynasty. Anyway, he was essentially a Danish king that uh, there's uh, some sources say he was forcibly deposed from his Danish throne before his death. So the traditional explanation is that Harold must have had a conspicuous bad tooth that appeared blue, like as it, black, really, but that translates to blar or blue, meant blue-black or dark-colored. And another explanation um, was that he was called Blue Thane or Dark Thane in England, uh, with Anglo-Saxon Thang, T-H-E-G-N, corrupted to tan when he came back to Old Norse. So, the Bluetooth wireless specification design was named after the king in 1997, and the Bluetooth logo is related to him as well. So, there you go. Bluetooth. That's pretty funny. Named after a
1: Danish king. Obviously. With a Bluetooth. Yeah, who had (laughs) dental hygiene problems. He did.
0: He needed a good dentist.
1: Yes, he's something. That is very random, my friend, very random. So
0: I thought that would be good uh, a good better know framework today. What uh tell me first of all before you read your comment, tell us about uh your talk.
1: Oh, you know I, What's happening is I'm putting together the, the research to do a book on the history of .net. And so uh, for a while now I've been doing variations on the talk just to see what aspects of the story, because it's a huge story, it covers 20 years, Right. Uh, what aspects of the story really resonate with folks. And when I was in Australia this summer, I did two or three versions of it. And uh, one of them I did in Sydney at SSW, Adam Kogan's uh, place. And so they uh, recorded it and it recently got published. And so there's a bunch of folks going, hey, this is cool. That is so awesome. So I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm glad that folks are there are gauged on this because it is a I'm really the more I learn about the story the deeper I dive into it the more I'm enjoying it and I'm I'm still learning stuff about it because I mean it's not just the
0: stuff that you and I have experienced through through what we were there at the beginning of .net but there's a lot of inside stories that you're yeah. telling yeah well it's
1: one of the things that's happening is as I'm gathering as it's sort of a at the nexus of gathering these stories, more and more of them are coming to me. And so I'm, I'm getting insight into why things happened the way they did. So awesome. Uh, There's still a ton of research to do. My, my goal is to spend the winter uh, actually doing the deep dive research, spending time with a lot of the folks that, uh, that were there that, that built the product uh, with an effort to write the book in the spring, you know, in time for Christmas 2018 for your favorite geek. That's awesome.
0: Well, let's give you a URL, shall we? How about history? Dot dot netrocks.com. Okay. All right.
1: Who's talking to us today, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1458, the one we did with Ian Cooper, talking about the dot net renaissance. Speaking of the dot net history, mm. the dot net renaissance. And uh, which are a great show. We had a good conversation about just sort of turning this corner and things are different and uh, the, the community's growing rapidly, new people coming to it. And Aaron Bauman had this great comment. He said, there was a time when we were discussing the possibility of migrating an app from .NET to Rails. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember that one of my pro Rails coworkers scorning my distaste for a solid debugging experience. <laughs> the comments were along the lines of, real developers don't need debuggers. Yeah, right. Sorry, but debugging code is how I solve problems. Yeah. I recently read an article that spoke about the interest in Ruby on Rails fading. The article mentioned, quote, good propaganda and marketing as being a driver behind Rails and that it hasn't been enough to keep the framework in the front row seat. Mm. I don't know. I I mean, certainly there was a hype machine running around it for a while just because people were so excited. Right. At the end of the day, this .NET renaissance is built on performance and developer comfort, such as language features, tooling, and debugging, not limited to a platform, and that's what will make it win. Years ago, when I worried about .NET fading, I was sad that I'd have to leave my comfort zone to stay relevant as a developer, and that's just no longer the case. .NET Core can stand up and compete with the best of them, and I'm excited to see that kind of activity coming from Microsoft. Thanks for the great show, and keep up the good work. Yeah. But I have nothing to add. Aaron, thank you so much. I think uh, it is a great time to be a .NET developer again after some darker days. And uh we're we're having a blast doing .NET rocks because of it. Yes. And so a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media, because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if we comment there, we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And
0: definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We throw him on the pile of Rails books <laughs> in the back office. Or something. All right. Let's introduce our guests. Enough of this silliness. Uh, none other than Clint Rutkus is joining us today. He's the lead for Windows Template Studio and a project manager on Windows Developer at Microsoft. Hi, Clint.
2: Hi. How you doing? Oh, just great. Fantastic. Did you actually know that the, speaking of the Bluetooth that you guys were talking about earlier, that that is actually the, the symbol is his initials as well?
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's made into sort of that runic form. Yeah, which is yeah, all of that Danish, like Scandihuvian area, the Viking <laughs> runes, uh, yeah. they've all got that interesting look. So it's intentional. It's not just a weird artsy thing. It's got historical meaning, right? I no,
2: I, I when I found out about that, I thought it was really interesting as well. So that's awesome. You guys were talking about that,
0: and leave it to me to make it uninteresting. So
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope everybody goes and checks out the page on him. Um. We're talking about Windows Template Studio. What is that exactly?
2: So Windows Template Studio is kind of like, it's not kind of, it is the, what we're calling the fastest way to create a file new app for UWP applications. So Universal Windows Platform Applications that we help build out a lot of the common boilerplate code that you'd have to do before. So we actually challenged our docs team to build out a file new application with, I believe it was, a settings page, uh, master detail, uh, suspend and resume, and a background task, and see how long it took uh, this person. This is a guy that works works on documentation and understands the framework probably better than half the people that write UWP. It took him about three hours before he said, I'm done. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I think get, i know who that with, might be actually and
2: with uh template <laughs> studio we can do that in about 20 seconds
1: nice wow
2: so it's it's all about trying to create the world-class code for you that gets you up and going we don't build everything for you there's still you know, if, if i use the house analogy there's still giant holes in the wall for you to do the proper uh, uh wiring um there's lore in some text intentionally in certain spots. Like if you pick the master detail, we have a sample data service because I don't know what your data service is going to be, but we can help wire up a lot of the heavy stuff for you and make you in a much stronger starting point than, yeah. wh- than just a file blank. Right. Wow, that's amazing.
0: And you said there's uh, um, patterns and practices are built
2: into this. Yeah, so we try to partner with uh engineering teams and the community to be sure that the code that is generated is best practice. So, uh one of the great things we allow you to do is pick your framework. So right now we support code behind a generic MVVM framework and MVVM light. Nice. So for like MVVM light, we directly partner with Laurent, great. the creator of MVVM light. And said, does this look like you'd expect? Like, what doesn't work correct? What Are we doing anything quirky? Is there anything better we could do? And we worked with them directly and made sure that it was uh, up to snuff. And then before we even shipped, we gave it to the Microsoft MVPs and said, be brutal. Attack the crap out of it. Wow. And... When at the end of the day, then we the the feedback was basically like, hey, you have an extra uh, an extra line break or there's a yield uh, break when you had another yield um, and we quickly fixed them. And when we shipped, uh, pretty much everyone's been pretty happy with the code we generate. So right now uh, it has about 75,000 downloads so far and we shipped it at build 2017. So nice. in about three months, I think that's pretty good. So I'm looking
0: at it. I just downloaded, I extracted it, and there's a, obviously a bunch of subdirectories: samples, templates, docs, design, and code. And I imagine that the the templates is where all the the standard templates are, and the docs look great.
2: Okay, so what you're actually looking at right now is the GitHub op- So the entire project is open source. Okay. So you're actually looking at the the actual source code that we that we run. Um, If you go to aka.ms slash WTS install, that's actually the link of the fully signed uh, extension. So you click that, it just lo- loads directly into Visual Studio and you're good to go.
0: Okay. So aka.ms slash WTS install.
2: Yep. Great.
0: I will do that while you and Richard have a fun little chat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, of course, you have an open source project that ru- that actually is the studio itself. So people can contribute to that. And then, yes. yeah, I see here on the marketplace, 75,000 installs. So folks are clearly taking it out for a spin.
2: Wow. Yeah. So uh, the the great thing also is it is a open source project. We take community contributions. One of our, yes. we, if you, you know, become a core member, you get upgraded into being a contributor. So like Matt Lacey is uh, what I'm calling the canonical, amazing, like rock star contributor. So mm. he, He's actually helping add in Visual Basic support. Nice. Oh, wow. so it's like it's not even little things that people are adding; it's giant chunks of of fundamental uh, uh, systems. So we're proactively working on adding in Visual Basic uh, Prism. We're talking to Template Ten, so we're proactively, like I said, pushing the bar forward in in every way po- humanly possible. And it, and
1: with the primary goal of just lowering the bar for what it takes to get into UWP?
2: Uh, that's part of it, but also being sure that people are aware of, you know, fantastic features. So uh, one of the things we're adding in is schema support. So hmm. if you wanted to do like a mail app, I think is uh, mail colon slash slash, and you can do everything maps, map colon slash slash. So we're going to mm-hmm. add that in to your default application. And that allows you then to... We can start adding in features like uh, activity API. We can start adding in um, website to app or uh, in in a couple other cool things that you couldn't do before. And now you could if you add in this one feature. So we want to be sure that the feature is done correctly and and then we can start piggybacking uh, other features onto it as well. So that's, that's just like one example of a feature we're adding in. So we were also talking about adding in drag and drop support. So from your desktop or from app to app, like things that may not be obvious. But once you look at it, you're like, my app could use that. And then we can help build out the boilerplate code for you because it's, pr- you know, once you learn the, the, the patterns, it's pretty easy to add this in, but not, it's, if you're not doing these patterns every day, then right. that's where you lose critical time, and sure. we want to help remove that so you can get to building your business logic and your app straight away.
1: You briefly mentioned Template Ten there, which yes. is another is another open source project, but it actually builds sort of traditional templates for Studio projects. You you put Template Ten into your system, and then when you you know file new in Studio, it's one of the extension templates. It's. It seems to me like Template Studio is more elaborate than that, rather than just making templates.
2: So we are. There are two separate things. So Templates mm-hmm. Tend does do uh, additional work than just templates, right? And they are. We're actually talking to Jerry Nixon and Darren Mays to figure out how we can integrate them in as one of the framework options. Nice. Right. They're. I think a bit more closer to the Prism model than the. Um, Kind of nvvm light model. So we're right. they are upgrading to a new 2.0 system. So once the 2.0 system comes online, then we're going to start uh, uh, working directly with them to add them in. Um, the other great, uh, another great framework that we're actually we have a branch for right now is uh, Caliburn Micro. Yeah, sure. So right. we're going to be adding them in shortly as well. So a lot of the patterns and practices from Caliburn is helping out Prism and will help out Template 10 as well to get integrated. Wow.
0: So now can you walk us through some of the templates that we have? I mean, you've talked about a few already, Master Detail and MVVM.
2: Yeah, okay. So I, I kind of always equate it to a uh, pick-your-own-adventure system. <laughs> so if I go to File New, as I'm doing this on my screen right now, so then I'm, I'm not misspeaking here, mm-hmm. uh, We, you get to pick your project type. This is kind of like your global navigation system. So we currently support three. And it is your navigation pane, a pivot tab, or a blank. So if you pick blank, it's you do everything. We will wire up stuff, but we won't do any navigation for you uh, by default. Okay. Navigation pane is kind of your classical hamburger menu. Right. And then a pivot and tab. From there, you pick your framework. Right. Like I said, right now we currently only support code behind a generic MVVM and then a MVVM or the MVVM light package by Laurent. And yeah. if you have any questions on what these are, we have a little I next to it and a little information where you can click learn more and we give links to, you know, what a MVVM pattern is to the uh, MVVM Light homepage along with your licensing as well. So, nice. from there, you click next and if you pick like MVVM Light, you can see that you take a license dependency on it in our little shopping cart on the right. Great. Once you click next, then you get to add in your pages and features. This page come one, the version one, three, one, four. We're going to actually break apart pages and features because, uh, we're already at nine pages and we're going to add in a couple more in the near future. So it's starting, we're starting to get to the point where we need to be a bit more critical on, on our layout. But in right now, the current version, you have a blank settings web view page, a media player, a master detail, a grid, a chart, a mm. tabbed uh, page, and a map page.
0: And are these controls just all the ones that come with Visual Studio, or are there any third-party options?
2: Uh, there is a third. There are two third-party options: uh, the grid and the chart. Use the Telerik uh, data grid and the Telerik uh, Charting control. Okay. Huh.
0: All right. Very good. And do you expect other vendors to come in and? be a part of it
2: i mean do you, I, do you see a whole community developing around it I, I would love for other people to submit like as you can see uh the grid the chart and the media player were actually done by community members i believe they were done by matt Lacey. wow so we even give them credit i mean they're fantastic pages and we do our best to work with um teams to be sure that they look correct as well Very so cool. uh so let's say I select two or three pages here. So I'm going to, uh, on my screen, I'm selecting blank settings and a grid. So in the shopping cart, you can even rearrange the pages. So which would happen first, second, when you, um, in your pivot tab or your navigation view. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to change your page from, let's say blank to my awesome page, <laughs> you can do that from there as well or from when you select it. Do
0: you also set up any kind of, um, back end, uh, you know, wrappers around uh rest calls or anything like that with JSON just to just to get people started if they don't have that boilerplate code?
2: Not yet. Uh that is a feature uh that people are asking. So some of the stuff we face is when do we do too much? Right. So it's yeah. that fine, delicate line of doing too much and not enough. And ex- we we actually internally fight about like, is this too <laughs> much or is this not enough? Because we don't like I remember having to remove, like, half the code in the old data templates right. to, like, to, to actually do the thing I needed to do. So, But if they're just options
0: and turned off by default, then at least people know, oh, I, I don't know how to do that. I'd like to see what that looks like. Check it off.
2: So, yes. But he, the scenario that I was uh, thinking about is, like, a settings page. Okay. I uh, We can wire up, like, the big... Th- you know, like a string, a data, a um, date time. But now you have to, if we wire them up by default, now you as a developer would have to remove that code and potentially remove code that you didn't need to. Or what we could do is add a link to our documentation page and give you examples of how to add back in the code
0: that's a much better so idea, I think. we're
2: taking the conservative approach and if the community says you're you're being too conservative 100 we can update the templates and the uh cool thing is we can actually update the templates out of band from the main extension so yeah. if we do find bugs we can, or things that people are demanding we can actually hot fix them in real time
0: i like the idea of linking to documentation better just because um i've I've lived through samples that are so big that just to see what the sample does takes me forever. Yeah. You know,
2: so that we're, we're taking a conservative uh, approach and the other thing we do is, and scenarios where we need you as a developer to do work, we actually give you to do homework items. Awesome. So uh, an example would be your privacy policy URL. Mm. I don't know what your privacy URL is. We could make that as part of the wizard, but then that becomes very, very heavy. Sure. So we just put a to-do in the code. It throws up as a, in your task list, and you go and uh, update it, and you're good to go. That's great. Hey, uh,
0: Clint, hang on one second while we take a moment here just to uh, hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by Windows
1: on the Google Cloud Platform. You may not know this, but the Google Cloud Platform supports Windows Server 2008 2012, and 2016. It also supports SQL Server
0: versions 2012, 2014, and 2016 standard, web,
1: and enterprise editions with high availability. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine. That's Google's hosted Kubernetes environment.
0: .NET and .NET Core libraries are there for all 200-plus Google.com and cloud services in NuGet, led by John Skeet of Stack Overflow fame.
1: But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps. You
0: get Stack Driver Logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core.
1: PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux.
0: And a great set of partners to bring your Windows and .NET workloads to GCP, including
1: Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.dot.netrocks.com and get your free trial today. All right, and we're
0: back with Clint Rutkus, and we're talking about uh, the Microsoft Windows Template Studio. Uh, a whole big pile of awesome coming out of Redmond that sounds like it's going to help a lot of people get
2: started on... Well, uh, it's, it's, I'd like to stress, this is not just out of Redmond. We have community members from across the world. The actual, my primary development team is in uh, Madrid as well. So, it's a worldwide you... project. So, to me, it's fantastic when I wake up in the morning and I see a ton of either GitHub issues mm. or comments or, result, you know, pull requests. And like nice. today, I think I woke up to about 50. Wow, so cool. <laughs>
1: That's a good day. <laughs> yeah, I no know. kidding. But it is, I mean, it, I think the battle you're having there and the way you've described it, it, this is a template. So it's sort of a one-way path through. You're not reentering or anything. you got to kind of experiment with the features you want. But once you start writing your own code, like don't run the template again.
2: Oh, we're clever, More a bit more clever than that. Yeah. So uh, in our 1.2 release, we added in right-click add. So after you've generated your project, uh, we can go back in and inject code. And when we feel that we don't know a 100%, uh, we actually tell you, like, here's code that's conflicting. Like, we don't know you you're right. the developer you're smarter than us you tell us what you how to fix it and go on so it, so you
1: play it safe and give them the choice at that point
2: yeah right now we currently only allow windows template studio projects to be right click added to but right. in the near future we'll we'll add that in as well for non template studio projects chances are everyone will have to do a manual merge but the, you know, like I said, the goal is to get you closer to where you need to be. And if we can get you give you that, you know, like how to do a drag and drop, we give you all that code, you can see like, oh, okay, they're injecting it into like the app.xaml. I can do all that manually. Right. So I feel like we're helping jump you along qu- more uh to where you want to be quicker. Nice. And that's a that's a primary goal for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, the it's going to be nerve-wracking the first time I right-click on a project that I've got a bunch of my own code in already and say, okay, I want you to add this thing to me. Because you, 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 you're going to want to study close to make sure you didn't step on anything.
2: Yeah, so like I said, we do show a full diff merge, just like if um, you're merging into via GitHub like a... uh. Uh, a pull request, you see like, here are the lines removed. Here are the lines added here. Like we tell you everything we do before we eat, we touch a single thing. And you have the option of, uh, we will put everything into a separate folder if you choose. Otherwise, if you give us permission, we will directly inject it into your code. Nice. So we, we take, like I said, we take the conservative approach.
1: (laughs) Well, I also like the idea that this now, you know, I know you're not there yet. You're saying it's got to be a template app for you to do this, but it, it does speak to us being able to come back into an application sometime later to add new capabilities because yeah. somebody's contributed something awesome into this project and we can still take advantage of it. We don't have to greenfield every time. -hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and we're, like I said, we're trying to do our best and move forward. Like we've already, we're on our 1.3 release, uh, pending shortly. So we're, we're, we're shipping about once a month. So we're being very aggressive on our update schedule. So it's just a matter of time until we, we get, uh, the ability to do a non template generated, uh, Windows template studio generated projects. It's just, right now we're focusing actually on accessibility and localization for everyone. Interesting.
0: And one of your principles is that you follow the .net core coding style. Maybe not yes. everybody knows what that is.
2: So, what we did was uh because this is a worldwide project we we and we accept community contributions, we had to start enforcing a coding standard. So, our coding standard is to do what the .net core does. We've started adding in style cop we have analyzers now for pretty much everything. Uh, we just added one for um, auditing our async await calls, nice. which right uh, M- Matt Lacey and Raul on our team right now probably hate me for, for calling this out. Uh, it was actually, I think, a ca- bug from a community member. We were in somewhere in our code. We were just throwing something that was uh, an async call and we weren't awaiting it. And they called us out on it. And I was <laughs> like, bravo and then we started at doing the pre, you know the proactive how can we catch us in the uh in the future so that it never happens again so we started adding style cops analyzers mm. uh all over the place so we're we're doing our best to be sure the code we write and produce is top notch very good nice what, whatever happened to fx cop i
0: don't know That's isn't funny. <laughs> so? that was let's ask the history of dot net guy
1: <laughs> well, Richard, whatever
0: happened to FX cop
1: Yeah, it's a great question.
0: I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. I haven't used it in a long, long time. It was really good though to enforce, you know, how things should work in the early days of the framework. How you should write code. But anyway, it's good to see huh, that style I'm not gonna
2: lie, I just Googled that. Yeah, yeah. I mean binged it. Yeah. I binged it.
0: And <laughs> the dot net code formatter tool
1: also is something that you use. What's that? Oh, FX Cop got pulled in as Microsoft Code Analysis. It's part of the Dev Lab set. Oh, look at that. They just changed the name. Oh, cool. There it is. Well, you know. It's good code. There's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, it's interesting. It's just sort of integrated now. The studio marketplace actually is pretty good. And I hate, it makes me nervous to say that because most of these marketplaces make me crazy. Yes. But this one's just like, it's kind of organized. Like it can find things you're looking for.
2: Yeah. Overall it's pretty good. I I I have to
1: admit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unexpectedly good. But maybe it's just cuz my my standard is set so low <laughs> yeah. cuz so many of these app stores are so bad. Well, they're also just filled with crap, right?
0: I mean, yeah, somebody is obviously curating this one.
2: Yeah, but at the same time I mean, like you can tell what extensions are are popular and powerful and good uh, largely so based on the reviews and comments and and the uh, amount of downloads like yeah. If you look at some of them you don't get 18.7 million downloads if it if it's, you know, right. very subpar. Yeah, sure. I don't want to let
0: the uh .net code formatter go. This is something that you use. It's an open source tool that uses Roslyn to automatically rewrite the source to follow your coding styles and the coding styles are are documented at the what we were just talking about there. So, I thought that was pretty cool. That's I haven't seen that one before. Code formatter. Yeah. Well, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now.
1: It must be that happy time again. That's right. It's time to inject some WTS into our dev team's collective soul. <laughs>
0: sounds
1: like it sounds <laughs> like it hurt. That was Ouch. my
0: Barry White, but it's not. It, I need to be sick in order for that to sound really good. There you go, Ginger or a latest. little bit of audio
1: manipulation.
0: Yeah, something like that. Maybe Brandon can do some magic on it. <laughs> it's actually time to give away a D experience subscription to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Built from the ground up to fully support all the cool features that come with React, like virtual DOM, state controllers like Redux, etc., and it supports master detail, sorting, grouping, paging, and editing. You can check it out and test it for free by getting it from GitHub, and learn more and download your free 30-day trial of DevExpress Universal at devexpress.com/superhero. All right, buddy, who's our winner? Today's winner is Daryl Hempill. Yeah. My gracious, Daryl. I'll clap for you, sir. (laughs) A round of applause for Daryl. And uh, Daryl just won the D Experience subscription. That's a big pile of awesome from DevExpress just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .NET click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree. To one lucky member of the net Rocks fan club, but you have to sign up to win. We also like to ask our guests, Clint, if you had five thousand dollars to spend on technology today, what would you buy?
2: Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, I think if I had to spend on technology, I'd probably buy myself a killer desktop rig so that my unit tests run faster. Nice. <laughs> More computer good. You want unit tests to run as fast as possible. When you when you have to build 300 uh, apps to test every permutation, it yeah. tends to tends to take a little bit of time.
0: <laughs> Let's talk to Intel about making a unit test processor. <laughs>
2: that would actually be kind of cool.
1: <laughs> the appropriate amount of time for testing is less than the time it takes you to go get a cup of coffee. Yeah. So that you can yeah. you, fu- you fire a few tests, you get up, you get a cup of coffee, you come back. And you he, he find out all the mistakes he made. Or for the Brits, T. Or T. Of the Canadians. Yeah, British yeah. Columbia, you
0: know. You know, more civilized. Just saying. Just saying.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that, I think we've given this prize away now four or five times, and most everybody wanted a new machine, a new development rig. Yeah.
2: Well, like, the the big thing, though, is if you look at, Like the the processing power just uptick, it's every time it's like a 30% bump. So Mm. I had the opportunity to test a brand new high-end Surface laptop. It shaved 10 seconds off my compile time alone. Wow. So like that's not bad. And then the unit test, I think it shaved probably close to 20 minutes. Wow. And my current laptop is maybe two years old. So Mm. I, I was fairly impressed. Nice.
1: That's great. Yeah, I was just reading the specs on the next round, the Icy Lake chipset coming from Intel, and they've got another big performance boost. So it's, uh, you know, new hardware is faster still. They're, they're not just faster processing speeds, but they are generally faster.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's uh, It's a great time to be alive. So I know we covered this, but let's
0: just talk about the different types of templates. There, okay. there's four, right? Framework,
2: project, page, and feature. And yes. where do we interact with all of them? So for a file new, you interact with all of them. So you get to pick what is your project type, what is your framework, you get to add in all your pages, you get to add in all your uh, features. From there, you click OK, and it generates everything for you. Right. Then after, if you wanted to add in more, you can right-click, and then you can add in a single page or a single feature at a time.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the cool part because now you can just, oh, I need a this page, I need a master yeah. detail set, I'll just add that in. And uh, I think we talked about some of the project types and we talked about some of the page types, but, but what about feature templates?
2: So with the features, I'm going to go cheat here so I don't misspeak as well and boot this up really quick the features you can do are storage settings so that's kind of like our generic way to to be sure that we store data correctly and uh we use json.net to basically sh- create a proper object you shove it in and you shove it out appropriately right. we can do suspend and resume background tasks uh toast notifications uh, just the basic toast notification there uh azure not- style notifications uh dev center notifications Live tiles, we wow. also added in first time run prompts. So the first time someone runs your app, this prompt will come up along with uh, if the developer updates their app, there's a what's new prompt as well. So then you, the end user gets to see, here are all my new awesome features as well. Wow, cool. So that's what's currently in one, 1.2.
0: Yeah, that's great. And is, how long has this been out? Like, how I'm trying to gauge how much more uh, robust it will be in, say, six months.
2: So this came out in uh, at build 2017, so 5.15. So we've been out for just over three months. We had three major releases. We're working on our fourth major release. Fantastic. So like I said, our our major thing right now is getting accessibility. So we're adding in high contrast mode, uh, keyboard shortcuts, everything. Uh, And the other cool thing is what we're also doing is making sure that not just the wizard is accessible, but the templates are also accessible. Right.
0: So, here's a, a question out of left field. You probably realized that coming from Richard and me that we'd asked something like this, but um, universal, right? So, it, it's a term, universal Windows platform has been redefined a couple of times and, you know, then pesky things like Xamarin come around and throw a monkey, monkey wrench in the whole thing. And, and you know, now we have XAML standard coming and with all of these things look, seemingly merging, do you see the um, the the template studio as being sort of the hub of of guidance for getting started with all of these technologies NET Core two Mono um, all of
2: it. Uh, that is a possibility. So we are proactively talking to the Xamarin team, trying to figure out how and inbe- uh, how we should interact with them. Uh, mm. We're looking at .NET Standard 2.0 as well for potentially breaking some some of the libraries out. Uh, it's, it's a moving target. I understand. Because it's a floating target, and we're changing. always moving, and we're we're adapting as as needed. Mm. Uh, it's the our core goal though is to be sure that your you as a developer have the tools you need at the time. That versus us over engineering for something that's going to be two years out. It's so smart. Like, That that doesn't make sense for us to to focus on. We're it's it's a it's on our uh vision. Like we see it, and we're proactively trying to move toward it, but it is not in our best interest for. To, no, because you're a developer, you yeah. have to do real work now, not in the not
0: in the future. So right, and at the same time, you got all this great framework in this great uh, you know infrastructure to be yeah. able to do this for whatever technology comes down the pike that fits within yeah. it. So yeah.
2: and and that's why we have our open uh, the GitHub. If you if there's something that we are doing or something you want, post an issue. Let's have a discussion, yeah. um, or better yet. Let's have the discussion and you as a developer can even submit the code to to help improve the project. Even better. So <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, like like right now we're trying to push accessibility and then Matt Lacey is uh proactively helping add in visual basic support. So yeah. it's it's a win win for everyone.
0: Now that visual basic support, are you talking about VB6 or are you talking about VB net? VB.net. All right. So, I thought you just got vb.net right out of the box, but you're talking about in terms of the code no. that you
2: generate. Yes. Yes. So, we actually, all the code is actually pre-written and we, we figure, we know how to then to rezip everything back up. Yeah. And we add in code, we remove code depending on what's getting added in. Really cool. So Uh, to do that, we have to literally have the code there. So then like different frameworks, uh, look and act appropriately, like I said before. So with VB, now we have to figure out, okay, how does VB work? Does our assumptions before make sense? So we're proactively look, uh, trying to figure out how that all works. We just did a massive code merge to be able to support a lot of it. Seriously. Cool.
1: Any limitations on versions? Does this work with the community edition?
2: Uh, yes, it will. It will work uh, all versions of Visual Studio for versions of Windows. Our project types, we t- we say we support the current version and uh, the version prior to that. So N and N minus one. So right now it's anniversary update and creators update. And then come fall creators update, we will basically shift everything over because the great thing with Fall creators update and creators update is we get conditional XAML. Mm, so right. now we can do some really clever stuff uh once we we are we are allowed to adopt critical features inside of cr- uh creators update.
0: That's great. And just to be clear, it's Visual Studio 2017 only, right?
2: It is a 2017 only project. Okay. We were there was lots of arguments in in the team back and forth on 15 support uh I'm sorry, Visual Studio 2017 and 15 support um I was actually in the pro fifteen camp and then people discussed it and said, Hey, ship with twenty seventeen. Hey, there are assumptions that need to be made for twenty seventeen versus twenty fifteen. Right. And the community actually, you know, is pounding at the door for twenty fifteen support. And yeah. it turns out We've been out for three months. No, no one has really started pounding at the door for 2015 support. So we feel fairly comfortable and keep on moving forward with 2017 only.
0: Well, there you go. Just don't try to predict the future. See what people right. say. And that's a great way to work.
2: And and that's why we we, we always say, uh, let's have a discussion because my opinion and your opinion uh, could be the same, but then someone else's opinion could be totally different and it's a it's a 100 valid uh uh you know opinion so let's go figure out what works best for everyone
1: it strikes me that this is really about managing xaml well you know i think it's still a challenge for a lot of folks to think about the best practices for how you wire up xaml code it's it's not simple there's a lot to it
2: uh I think some of it, yes, I I will say is how to wire up XAML, but a lot of it's uh, how to do best patterns and practices for your application lifecycle, I would actually argue. Um, Mm. For, you know, like, how do you do uh, suspend and resume properly? How do you test suspend and resume properly? Yeah. Uh, That actually, that's a bug that just got uh, filed, and we actually had to create a bunch of documentation and sample apps to show people how to test it properly. So. It, there's tons of little nuances to everything. And it's uh, our hope is to try to help relieve a bunch of those. And and I'm personally a hundred percent. Okay. if People use us for sample code. Like, Oh, nice. this is how they did it. And then they rip out our code and put it in their app. I'm 100% in, uh, uh, an advocate of that.
0: Yeah. It's plumbing code. Yeah.
1: And and, and just plumbing that if you got it wrong, you're going to go down this path that's going to burn you later and you have to revert a whole bunch of code. So you're just saving us time by putting us down the right path first and uh, hopefully instilling some good practices or some good habits around making that work.
2: Yeah. And uh, one thing that we're actually trying to figure out should we do is like, should we add in unit tests? Should we add in style cop into the projects by default? Like, this is going to add more complexity to what we have to build but at the same time it helps someone in the long run but is it really worth it like is that something like you yourself would want to do or is that something we should help help you out with like these are the the meta questions we we are fighting with constantly these things can't be options they could but then the question like is the time investment for adding that in now worth it versus something else i see so we have a couple other cool projects that we're proactively figuring out how to do that we're trying that it's like, do we prioritize those or yeah. other things? Anything you can talk about? Uh, I will say everything we do is in the open.
1: Oh, okay. Right, it's all, it's all in, <laughs> in GitHub, so the discussions are right there.
2: All right. The discussions and, and all the branches are there, but um, so it, I'm intentionally trying to keep one cool thing uh, uh, a bit less public okay. that, that uh, there must be, be some. Shortly.
0: There must be some things, though, that you can talk about that you're excited about that you're working on now.
2: Uh like I said I would say it's underestimated but accessibility to me is a big big thing. Yeah. Um the other one is is localization like hey sure. Every dev tool comes in English but not everyone is an English speaker. So let's right. make this work across every everyone. Mm. There's also implied best
1: practices there too, right? Here is the best practice for accessibility. Here is the best yeah. practice for localization. Mm. Those are both yeah. tough problems.
2: I can tell you right now, accessibility and trying to find best practices is a giant hard thing to, to, to solve. I've been begging and pleading with, to get help for, for, are we doing the right thing? Cause I don't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, also then we, we lose dev cycles doing the wrong thing. Cause then we have to fix it as well. Um, the other really cool thing that, um, actually I helped do along with a community member is, uh, add in default theming support for the templates. So if you pick a dark theme uh, for your windows itself and you launch your app, your app will, uh, the generated app will launch in a dark theme for a vice versa light theme. But then you can also toggle in between, between a light and a dark theme so that it sounds easy until you actually have to check all the different permutations. And mm. did you do it right? Are you using style the proper style brushes? It, it fixing that little thing was much more work than I thought it was going to be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no kidding. And when you think about styling in general, I think about stuff like the upcoming Fluent interface. You guys might be the entry point for us all to just sort of embrace Fluent when it when it comes true.
2: Yeah, so that that's actually an interesting thing we're doing. So we do have a public Fluent branch, and we were gracious enough to get an intern over the summer, and that intern helped... Uh, update our uh, master detail page and i think two other spots and this goes back to the the question of are we doing too much or not enough so we're actually asking questions like is the connected animations correct is the where we're applying fluent is this correct and then it then you start getting into a bunch of meta conversations internally like Hmm. you know what that doesn't look right in this scenario but then if you look at this other app that does something close, but not the same thing, it acts differently, but that looks correct there. So (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it uh, honestly, some of this stuff depends on the data set. Sure. So we were in this weird state, like, okay, do we wire up connected animations by default? Or do we comment in the code physically into the template or do we shove to documentation page? And this is like, Half our time is literally spent arguing say, with one another. They,
0: they, those must be some great conversations.
2: They 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 are interesting conversations and it's they span all disciplines too. That's the greatest thing I think about this is, is you work with uh every discipline you can imagine, and it's a worldwide team, both uh Microsoft and community. It's fantastic. I love it. Mm. I love working with the community, I love working with everyone.
0: That's awesome. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Anything you want to shout out or resources or or uh, calls resources,
2: to Resources. I would say for resources, go to aka.ms/wts. That is our GitHub repository. So if you want to see what we're building, it's all in the open. We have everything there. If you want to download the extension directly into Visual Studio, it's akams install. And that will put you to the uh, Visual Studio Marketplace to a direct link.
0: Awesome. Clint, thanks very much for hanging out with us. It's, uh, this is a great product, and I can't wait to start using it.
2: Uh, great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks.